0: Welcome back, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Made to Cast. Today, we have a very special guest, someone I'm very lucky to speak to, uh, who's cut some time pretty early morning for, for this conversation. So I would like to introduce Ooh. and thank Caesar from Toxic Baits for joining us this morning and, and giving us a little bit of his time. Thanks a lot for being here, Caesar. Yeah, man, of course. So I, uh, I actually got this... And this was just kind of a rare occurrence because I'm not, when it comes to laying down podcasts and stuff, I, I'm the worst. I haven't done one for a bit because I feel bad reaching out to people, but you were doing a live and you are explaining some new products and I, I just, I kind of went on a whim which is something i don't ever do which is jump into somebody's live chat and be like hey you interested in doing a podcast so i I did it for you and i'm thankful that i did because you did step up and like absolutely if we got time we'll cut one out and and you were even super flexible with time so again i appreciate this so much yeah yeah. of course um so i I do want to i try to get into everybody when they come in here uh for those that don't know, Toxic Baits is your company that you, you've been working with. Can I? I, I want to ask, like, kind of like your, not even in the bait making, but your fishing origin story. Like, is it something that you started as a little kid and just kind of came through with? Like, what is that origin story
1: of the uh, fishing? Yeah, my dad life? just took me with him when he fished. He was—he's not a bass fisherman. Um, Yeah, he, uh, he just—I <laughs> mean, my dad grew up in Los in East Los Angeles. So, but, you know, he was born in 1950. So back then okay. there was still a lot of open area, you know, in the greater Los Angeles basin. So um, even though, you know, it was East Los Angeles or in the city, he still grew up and, and, and knew how to like hunt birds, um, you know, right. dove hunting and stuff. And there's a lot of washes down there. So just because we grew up the city doesn't mean that we, you know, my dad didn't take me to do stuff like that. But we fish stuff like uh County Park Lake or uh we'd go okay. up to a, like a lake called Silverwood um in the mountains or Big Bear. And it was like a thing that we did often, you know, maybe like every month or so. But I mean he raised me to be a golfer. We'd golf okay. <laughs> every single day. But um I always liked to fish and when we went and he would fish for like catfish or whatever he fish for, uh he would just get like a roost. I mean, when I'm like four five years right. old he worked night shift and then we'd go fishing in the morning and uh you know he'd like fall asleep in the lawn chair i guess i don't remember and, uh, <laughs> you know i'd walk around with a little johnson century push button um yeah debco and like a, a rooster tail and he okay. said that he'd get woken up by guys like hey bro your son's got a big ass trout you <laughs> um you have to uh wake up and so i was always okay. kind of like i couldn't sit and fish bait i had to cast so then as we got older I got older, I just played hell sports. I was always in baseball, everything, travel ball, uh, everyday practice, golf. My dad is a super golf fanatic. We played all the time. Um, I ended up, you know, playing in high school and going all league and stuff. Oh, wow. But um, about, like, 13, 14, I met some homie on my baseball team, and his name was Frank, and we were not the typical – people you would think would go fishing um at all and he liked fishing and his dad liked fishing and we fucking you know it was like are we best friends now <laughs> we so we started fishing like this golf course ponds and shit and i just had the itch like we would go there and i would just stare at the fish and then when i was about six i moved here and i turned 16 a month later my dad got a job at the california delta from socal and norcal and the California Delta in the 90s was like a hidden gem. Like, I right. didn't even know that this thing exists in California my whole life. And you come up and you're like, it's a river. And this is this giant waterway with cargo ships and stuff. Um, wow. And that was it. Like, uh, junior, senior year, I went to high school up here and I only played golf. When I got here, I went out and I shot like a 74, or 75 to 2 over par. That's the bar. crazy. On the new course. And I was like, all right, lights out, you know, I'm gonna be good. And then I started fishing and I didn't play golf the whole year until the season. Um sucked, kind of. And then yeah. my senior year, I didn't play all off season until the, until my senior year in the spring. And then I did pretty well. We won we actually won the league tournament and that was it. I gave my dad that medal. And in the yearbook it says uh we lost Caesar Chavez to some heavy bass fishing because <laughs> i i brought my boat to school and everything like once no i way. found fishing in the, the sense i was already hooked but once i found fishing up here and it was like i was lived in this mecca right i just i don't think about anything else like um my walls were covered with with magazines from fish pictures in high school and right i had a jig company that i started I, it wasn't. It was like I made jigs and sold them. I, a company is probably right. but they won tournaments at Orville and stuff back then. And I was wow. just—I didn't even have a vice. I would tie them on my bed, like no way by hand. I'm just that guy. Like when I had a Harley, I would build all my parts, but I don't, I yes. don't even know how to build parts.
0: You know? Right. So I—I I think that's. I think that's like. Uh, there's a lot of us that are. In, I when I talk to people like this, that's that's a common thread that kind of threads through. I mean, anybody on the level that has to go through the struggle of like even just starting something, if you're willing to stick it out, most of those people backgrounds that I've talked to, it's that same thing. It's like, I couldn't do that. I just made the, like, I didn't know what I was doing, but I did it and I did it every day and that became my life. Like and I, I, when you talked about golf, it's funny because up here uh, we're seasonal, right? We got the four seasons, our fishing seasons, only a few months. Those are the golfing seasons as well, though. So you're either a golfer or you're a fisher. You very rarely talk to somebody who's both. Those things cannot combine because you're either out on the water or you're out on the green. So there's there's no mixing of those two uh those two things. But so you find bass fishing a little bit later like you know outside of high school, just
1: no like I found, like I really got the bug before I moved here maybe like 14 14 years. Okay. Ago. Like I was right. reading every Bassmaster magazine um like the bass pro shops catalog, I could I still have every lure memorized, like just from <laughs> looking at it. I would go in my backyard because so we didn't live by a lake, and I would like literally practice pitching That's the awesome. lure under bushes in my backyard. Just, I just That's got amazing. it, and it was like I'd always liked the fish, but then when I figured out bass fishing and all the little things, I was just, my head exploded.
0: Right, right. So then when did the, when did the bug set in of, you said you're making like jigs and stuff. When did that turn over to like making kind of the, 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 the beginning of what you are now, the, the big swim baits? 2006,
1: 2006, maybe. Um, I made a wood popper. I just made a wood popper on the side of my house. I'd had a kid um life had taken a couple turns in my early twenties. I got all my shit stolen, all my fish and stuff stolen um wow. you know and and was uh i was you know I was living kind of hard um <laughs> right kind of wild you know wild cat <laughs> um say the least, but uh you know, fishing was always there. my boat had broke down, and all my shit got stolen so. Um, I kind of, uh, took like a back pedal for just a, a, a little short time. Cause what do you do? And then, um, I had my son and, uh, I was like, just hanging out at the house and I worked construction. I flipped over a hand belt sander, put it in a vise, and just like, I'm gonna make this popper. When I was young, I had carved a piece of wood into like a weird lure. Just, I was like, handmade. maybe, and it was like a branch I broke off of a tree that was wet. Um, just like tinkering, you know, with like the lip, yeah, I carved the lip. Um, and I built the popper and I fucking painted it. My brother-in-law came up. Well, he's my brother-in-law now. He's my sister's boyfriend. Um, at the time he, she started dating him and he was a bass fisherman. Um, and, uh, he was like, I throw that thing, bro. You're tripping. (laughs) The next day I took it out and I caught like 35 fish on the popper. I love popper to this day. Yeah. And it was just very simple. Um, I mean, I built it with a purpose cause I had taken some design, but it sat a little crooked and I still have it. I still actually fish on, it. um, and then, crazy. and then we fished tournaments together, me and him. So, and we just started fishing together and it was just like this thing of like, I'll make these top waters. That's cool. Make something new. And then my buddy, Phil Dutra. Was doing the same thing me and my brother in law Tanner was doing. He was looking for a big crank down baby bass bait, like a like an MS slammer. You get under, yeah, yeah, in a baby bass pattern. We were doing that. Bill was looking for that. I made the first wake and crank because the monster jack, very similar to the wake and crank, but it just didn't do what we wanted, and it wasn't built like it. And I, my first ones were crappy looking, um, for sure. But they just, I started building them and. We started making money in tournaments. Phil won tournaments. Somebody borrowed his yes. bait, won a boat. Uh, oh my God. <laughs> lost the teener, uh, caught fish over 10. And the one he had was a bent bill. I actually, it was like a, I had been right bent the lip on his to give it a little different action. So um, it was just a thing we did to have a bait that no one had. Yeah. And then people start wanting them. And I was kind of in a, a, life, a part of my life. My ex kicked me out. Like uh, we had, you know, uh, it was just, you know, young. We were very young when we had our child. So um, just growing differences. And I didn't have anywhere to go. So I moved in with my brother-in-law. And I sold baits, some rough wood baits the first few months just to pay my measly rent like Bobby Barrick and stuff because they were catching big fish. Um, right. And then I was like, okay, these are rudimentary to say the least. Uh, my buddy, Fred Rambanis, I'm everyone knows Fred. I worked with him as a, a tackle shop manager. I was head cashier. He was manager. I'm in a place called Hogan's and he was kind of on the Bassmaster trail with that 2005 sk- killing it, you know? Right. And I was like, Hey, you're coming to town. Check out the baits I'm making. And he's like, those are cool. Like, you know, I've always made stuff, like he, yeah. he remembers my swim jigs and everything, and okay. but they were rough. He was like, "Those are cool." He's Fred's the coolest, always has been. You're not gonna find a cooler or down to earth. That's awesome. Chill. It's always nice when you hear that people are like oh, those people are. It's like day that. one, yeah. Like, so he was cool about it, you know, and and, and but I kind of was looking him like, all right, yeah. I mean, they work for for effectiveness, but. You know, and then I just kind of, um, I got a job at a refinery and just kept making baits, and, and, and I was able to work on baits at work because I was an operator. Um, a lot of downtime and, uh, I mean, it just developed to what it is through grassroots. Like I've never hawked my shit. Like, right. uh, I hope I'm not out of line by using curse words. No, no, no! You're good. Okay. You're good. Um, I I joined SwimBait Underground in two thousand like ten when it was starting because there was a lot of censorship on Bait Nation that site, and uh, I just kind of like poked around and it was full of just you know, aces. Back then, it was just aces in the forum. Like you, you didn't sh- say anything unless like you, they would laugh. Like it wasn't like it is now. Was it wasn't all right. Like, who the frick is this guy? You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I just started posting fish on my baits. I mean, that's all I've ever done. I, I, I never was like, Hey, I have toxic baits. Uh, you know, this is my lure company. I just built them and fished them. And then people started asking them. My friend, Travis Evans um, from North Carolina, he was the first one online to say, Hey, let me try one of those big meat. Um, and I sent him one and he actually hit me back like we didn't know each other. And he was just like, wow, it was a funny statement. He was like, I thought I was just getting another garage built bait, but this thing is freaking awesome. But it was, it was still rough, right? Like right. my aesthetics has always just been kind of like, this is what they look like. Um, it's a refined shape, but I'm not going to get into details. But he said, you know, it's, it, it seems so much better than a garage bait. And I just kind of it, I, you know, I like that because I, I know that my baits don't, even then, you know, like I, I knew my baits weren't super fancy, but just the action spoke for itself, you know? so um, 100%. And I just kind of grew from the wooden baits and, uh, and into resin, and it was just a natural progression, I guess, like um, the money helped, you know, especially I'm from the Bay Area uh, now, you know, and it's expensive, and if you don't have two jobs or like right. income, I didn't have dual income with my, you know, with my son's mom, like you just hustle and, and I love doing it. Like, it's not like I need to get this money, but it's right. if people want your baits. It's of course, you know, of course you want to like sell them. So, and I mean, I always say this to be completely honest, like I love making bait, you know, but I love fishing. So if somebody was right. like, hey, here's a gazillion dollars, you never have to make a bait again, you could fish every day, you wouldn't see me. Right. I, I would disappear into the Everglades. You know? <laughs> right. And, and not a, like on a negative point. I just, I like.
0: The passion is. Incredible. I got
1: goosebumps thinking about how much I like, like like literally right now, I'm like, God, I love fishing. Like, <laughs> it, it never stops. Like it, I'm broken. I, I know people are like, you're so lucky. Which, you know, I definitely am very lucky. But, but that's what
0: I think drives the passion behind it. And I think that's super important. And especially for the people listening and, and my own feelings towards it. Because it's the same thing that, I mean, I feel. And then I also respect from people, which is like you were saying that you don't necessarily hawk your material. You have to treat what you do as, as a, I always say it's a glorified hobby that I do. Um, but if you do want to sell things you do have to treat it in a business in that sense but if you can just post success like you don't have to say like oh check this and like inundate with check this check this and you can just post success this is this is it catching fish this is you're not really hawking your material you're just saying i make something if you're interested in it yeah. come and look at it and when i just to not take from your story at all for, for me my my up coming into big baits wasn't knowing about big baits because up here where i'm at we don't have we there's a, if you catch a double digit bass like you you might be starting to weigh it to find out if you should see what the provincial record is like they don't get that big consistently so you're throwing big baits at average bass and and hoping and now there's some i've had a couple on here some like northern big bait throwers for bass but 90% of the people you talk to up here are throwing big baits for muskie or Essex family, big pike, big muskie. That's what we fish a lot for. So um, when I started making big baits, I, I didn't know anything about, I guess it'd be the same as you because when you'd come into big baits, big baits weren't really a thing. Like they were <laughs> like you were entering this where for me, there was a market in big baits that you were already a part of, but I didn't even know that side of fishing existed. I came into it and thought, like, oh, you know, what, I wouldn't mind trying this, building something for a niche that I wanted, not necessarily for musky, a little smaller than musky baits, but a little bigger than like the ripple and red fins that I was throwing, but I could make myself. And then I opened the door and there's this world that has people like yourself in it. And it's this underground niche market. But once you get into it, it's like a world of its own, right? But I also don't, you don't want to come in and, be the guy that's like, "Hey, check it out! I'm making baits. Look at this! Don't th- throw this! Throw this!" When you say like it's it's more of a just a success thing, like let your success prove itself. That's the most humbling thing that I think anybody can say because we're all trying to that are doing this. Especially again, myself. I've I've got a fraction of the time in this that you do, um, but you you are trying to develop a name. And you don't want that name to be the blowhard that is trying to hawk something that I'm kind of jumping out of line here, but you'd said this, I, I believe it in your life because I've been, I've been echoing this statement to people, especially new because of this podcast, I get a lot of new people that are starting into this. And one of the biggest questions is how do you decide how much to charge for your bait? I said, it's one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do because if you put true value and time into your bait they're a million dollars a bait because each one's very personal to me that i make but i also want everybody to have my bait and not everybody wants to spend astronomical dollars on a bait so i try to make different size baits so that they're different prices but i try to play into the lower end of the price spectrum somebody as developed as you are set on your life just because you can doesn't mean you should and i I've echoed that word those words in private chats like now I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it because when you said it on that live I was like here's a developed person that has that ability I can't market a bait for four hundred dollars you know what I mean like that's just not mm-hmm. in my wheelhouse, but you have enough success enough backing behind you that you could release baits that hundreds and hundreds of dollars if you want, but just because you can doesn't mean you are. And you're,
1: I just, sorry. so it's very simple for me. Like, it's not the best business though. I can tell you like <laughs> business success, at least for me, right? Because life and happiness to me, you know, money is definitely a driver, right? You have to have money. You have to be able yes. to it. And you have to like, not work and never be able to do things, you know, you have to have a, a balance, right? Of a, a, a mental, like mental levity, like you have to be able to escape, right? So, but um, it's very simple for me to price stuff because I myself am a consumer, right? Like I'm a consumer of fishing product. What do I want to pay? What do I think is fair to pay? Um, I also know how much exactly it costs to produce bait, whether, and it's very different producing baits, like in your garage versus me where, you know, I have two places. I have a shop that we build at with rents and, 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 uh, you know, everything that goes along with owning a property like that, along with my home rent and, and life, rent and stuff so there's two different cost margins and it's hard to say like once i went full time i know that we get grouped in right with like guys that build on the side and there's nothing you know it's probably get taken wrong but i don't care because i'm just being honest like i'm no meaning in a bad way but like we're not the same right like these guys, when you make stuff on the side and you have a regular job, it's not the same as when you're full time, right? It, it, it's it. I mean, they're both companies and they're both actually presented kind of similar to the to the consumer. But guys like me and Throwback and KGB and and the guys, you know, and of course the old school guys, right? But. A lot of the new guys have teams like us. Uh, you know, the old school guys would do it solo. Um, it's just a—it's a whole different way to move, right? It's a whole, and the quantities are up. So I totally think different. Once you have demand, like say Piz, he doesn't make a bunch of bait, so his prices are up there because the quantities are so low. Um, that for him to charge super cheap. I mean, it would be way different than me. I'm making like hundreds a month um with Toxic just to be able to pay the bills. Right. Um, and you know, and, and he's doing limited so it's like it's this shadow market that people don't really see. And um and for me it's like I live my life by that. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. If you if people live their life by that term, and that doesn't mean that you, you shouldn't do it. But you should definitely logically think about stuff before you commit to that act, right, like like of doing something. So so just because there's a beautiful woman, you know, that's interested in you, if you have a wife, you shouldn't yeah, right. cheat on your wife right. just because, just because you can. can. I don't care who she right. is, right? Like, <laughs> right. Like, and if you do, that's yeah. fine. That's your life. But just in, in general, right, like the way right. I make decisions isn't like, oh, I can do this. Right hell, yeah, but should should I do this? And I really could never express how crazy it is to do this as a job. So I could never like ream the customer. Like even with the ABS, like people are saying, you're doing a great job, like it's a great price, New ABS basically 75 bucks for the hogs, sixty five for the snapper, I try to prize them half of a, of the of the real thing. People say I can charge more, but it—I I didn't look at what I could charge. I did look right. at what people sell them for. I seen that the KGB was about sixty-five bucks, the Chad Chad, and I was like, okay, yeah. that's that. I think that's reasonable for. I would pay that. And then I looked at my margins, and I said, okay, half price. Uh, it'll work for everybody. It was. It was just. It was that simple, you know. Um, and how cool is that? Like, like you could buy it under shipped. And with tax if you're from California under hundred bucks, right, so, so yeah, I mean, I know that was like a long huh, like no, rambling, no. but um yeah, just th- there's no way to tell someone how to price their bait, you know right but, right,
0: no, but that's that's kind of my my point is because it, what for example, I agree one hundred percent if you're doing this full time, it is different. It is just strictly different. Mm -hmm. It's also a career focus. It is a goal focus. You don't have a fallback. This is your fallback. This is your job. Um, So what you're producing is your livelihood. Someone that is, like I said, a glorified hobby like myself. I've never tried to promote myself as a business. But you do have to put some type of name behind what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. What I put out is when my kids go to bed outside of my work hours, I work afternoons so I all morning I'm doing baits, go to work, come home sleep, repeat weekends and stuff like that. so what I produce what I feel my heart put into that versus what I should actually be collecting over it that's a fine balance. I don't like to I, like I said I don't try to put the upper end of a pay scale on my on my baits because for me it's more than it's more about i would love more legacy i'm more I, i'm kind of a weirdo in that sense i'm more of a legacy guy i would love one day my kids to be out fishing and they're in their 30s and 40s and be like my dad made that bait you know what i mean like just one of those things that somebody's got yeah. and, and i i don't want i'm not aiming for the millions of like being in every store i just i like that thought something just a little legacy wise um but it's just for me being new into the world of big swim baits and seeing the subculture behind it and then seeing someone as established as yourself have such a humbled outlook on it it's kind of like you talking uh about i think his name was fred you said Mm -hmm. just being nicer like seeing someone as established as yourself being as humbled and like realistic with with what they work with even through your success that is humbling and knowing that each bait does make a difference. If you raised each one by ten dollars, that's an extra thousand dollars per. You know, x amount of baits. That's you can break it down per bait that way, and it does make a difference. And you still saying, "Listen, it, we're still trying to get baits into people's hands." At the end of the day, right? Like it's yeah,
1: and people need to eat. Like, and you know, like there's this. A, a lot of times, there's a stigma, you know about the bait that you buy like it has to be expensive or it has to be handmade um or it has to be a swim bait like like and people don't think about it like this but i see fishing some people in my life that weren't that aren't fishermen actually brought this up um one actually very recently and echoed a statement of a a close friend that does my art and they were like you know At its base, I get to create items for people to catch food because I know people are catching release, but I, fishing is a food gathering activity that's been in human nature for probably forever, right? Like, like they find bone fish hooks and and stuff um, from back in the day. So I really think like, it's really important to me that I'm, you know, it's like a, it's like a very basic thing that I provide um so 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 at its roots like I'm very proud of what I do because it's like it's like this ingrained thing that's very human and very um part of our culture forever um and and like you said like that I think that's why it holds something close like when you have a lure that's been passed down or like you have this bait that that's created these memories and you've caught this fish i think it, at our at our basic um you know if you break it all the way down we can like even subconsciously appreciate what that item is doing for us you know like right. like it's especially it's yeah. providing sustenance even if we don't think about it like that so um so yeah like like the legacy and stuff and creating each bait is uh like, it's so, I, I love that I get to do that like at its base principle. So to so turning it into like this, um, like just a money making machine. Right. It is, is kind of wild. Like that people do that. Like with the ABS, I make good money and, and I'm excited more people can fish them at a cheaper price.
0: I mean, so I, I do want to get into that. I that that is something that because that is it's the progression, right? It's uh, t- taking it from like a garage bait to a full time bait shop, like mm-hmm. like marketplace, to then getting the the ABS injection bait. Mm-hmm. Uh, that that's kind of the progression, and and, and I mean, there's not really I'm machine, they're sure that, to go higher, but. I think that like factory development is is really cool step into more of a and I don't mean this in a negative connotation but a more mass productive um form and which again this it bleeds into the whole legacy thing I want to get a bait in everybody's hand. um you are now able to to do this on on a bigger scale with certain baits. don't get me wrong, like it's not all baits, and we both know that you're gonna have your your like your those those core followers of yours that are going to be like I'm only taking the real like ABS great yeah I'm only getting the real ones and those guys are going to exist and that's a hundred percent but I think that's so cool going to that next stage and I guess my question is like how how did that how much work with involvement was going from First of all, these are the two baits that I'm going to do. And then getting that all molded or printed, whatever they do, scanned or whatever they do. Yeah. And then right to like, what's that? How long is that process well, of
1: getting a bait in your hand? So the problem is like, you can't get into a factory, you know, it's like, who do you call? Right. And, and I mean, hundred percent honesty. If some, when somebody asked me where I got it, you, I, I'm not telling you not. Because, That's fair. <laughs> because, um, I don't like you, or I'm the only one that it's the, there's it's already a place in line, right? Like, and I mean it comes with all the stuff in the industry. So uh, you could find a factory, but is it a good one? What's their quality right. like? Are they gonna steal your IP, your intellectual property? All those things come into play, right? So yeah, for me, I always wanted to go ABS. Like okay. I know that people like um the hand-built stuff. I know there's guys that in the industry that love building their baits and they'll build them forever. Big brands and, and they like building them by hand and that's the way it is. Mm-hmm. I'm sure this will get taken out of context, but I never seen myself as like a real, real company, bait company until now. Like this is what a real bait company is to me. I, right, like Lee Sisson and and these and even Patrick Siebel and these guys that were individual bait designers. Um, we all had baits making. You you know, you make baits, but once you have a factory and you're able to like mass produce stuff and put it on the market, I feel like now I'm a real company. Like, of course, I was making money in a, a company, but like now, I feel like. Like I have soft plastics that are coming to the mass production market. Like I wanna to build toxic. It was always a goal to build toxic into a company that was kind of a fishing company, not just like I build this lure or I build swim baits. Yes. I was yes. never about yeah. only building swim baits. I just like to fish them. So, right. um, so it was a couple years. I got a connection, used the connection, it was right. Um the factory was right and um then it's been like three years but it was like back and forth got the first sample sent them the things they scan them got the first sample to test started getting the ballast straight and then covid boom you know and then they get slammed with a giant order from another man it was just like kind of like wait for your time in line because you have to develop once they have the mold you know it's a different then they can right. shoot them you put your order but the development up to the mold is like they would send me stuff and I would go and wait it um, externally because it's ABS yeah. it has to be sealed up so I would go and, and, and you know get it to swim and then that you know the part of, sw- uh, of getting it to swim isn't like oh does it swim right it's like What action do I want to put on this bait, right? Do I want a high flow, low flow, crank down, wake only, da, da, da. In the future, we're going to have different models, but you have to like commit. And it's a lot of money. Like everything I have is writing on this, like, like everything that talks that, I mean, I would just, I, I, the past few months until this stuff hit, it's been lagging so hard. (laughs) I was telling my boys like in San Diego, I'm like, Hey, I'm going to come deckhand when I lose everything. (laughs) I'm <laughs> deckhand and on the boat, pay me cash and, uh, I'll just disappear into the Everlands like to be right. honest with you I wasn't like distraught which is probably right. horrible but I was just <laughs> like if that's the way that life decides to kick me in the ass um, there's nothing I can do about it like, right? really. Right. but so it delivered in, you know and um, now I feel like I finally made it so it's been a few years but it's not like a few years like arduously carving the aluminum mold it's like okay here you go and when they say hey we need this boom i'm on top of it i have a packaging guy my guy chris who does a lot of the artwork most of my artwork for packaging and all stuff um on, on, on instagram it's mad love but his name is chris anway he's like my brother um so he's part of toxic like like my people might have a tiny tiny percent of whatever it is that um to keep us all like all love like everyone can can win. Everyone in the circle can win. So um, when I need something like that, they're like, hey, we need your packaging. I just call Chris, bing bong bing. He's a full time um, artist. He put it in his tablet. I had it that night. So sure I have resources available. Yeah. You
0: know, right. Executed. Yeah. I mean, that's when I saw that, I'm like, that's. I've talked to like um, Nishane Lure Works. Oh yeah, and gone through some of the stuff that he does when it comes to because he just straight carves the copper templates. I like, watch the it; masters. it's awesome. And uh, but that's the thing, and I've talked to him about how he's got factories in China run by people that he knows in Japan. That like it's just like it's kind of like what you said. It's a connection on a connection on a connection that he knows these people. He fl- post covid he's like i was flying over there every 3 months i watched that and that and uh so he's but when you said it and then um like you said with kgb or yeah um who else was it somebody else just went abs did they not i could be wrong maybe i'm thinking of something else
1: um i so to my knowledge the only you know Rago does ABS through you know with Swimming Underground on the on the collaboration drop. He does some okay. other stuff too. And then um K G B went with Spro. The only That's one. right, yeah. Because they were like a partner. Black right. Dog back in the day did those G two crackers. Um but they weren't a copy of his normal bait. I don't okay. I've never really seen it to be honest with you like Buka did his baby bullshad ABS. um but all those are kind of collaboration right so
0: it's, but yeah it, it's either way it's i mean I congratulations to you to me that's a huge congratulation I know you've got your life on the line with it but it's uh no, that's not, I mean it's it, it it it's inspiring though like it is inspiring to see like a, a like I said, from carving a popper <laughs> to like now mass developing a bait that you have found success in I think that's it is an inspiration for those that are aspiring to be, you know, a full-time anything to be, not even a bait maker, full-time anything to show that, like even through your hard times, you kind of just found a groove that was kind of a hyper focus and you stuck through it. With that being said, there is something that I want to ask that this is kind of a new question that I want to start asking bait maker, because this is probably the most conversations I've had. And again, I know that this is a job for you, so it's a little different. But you've been doing this for so long, so you've had to have had, and I understand that there's ebbs and flows, but do you find yourself with just that because it's turned into a business? And I know you said you're a fisherman first, but I'm sure you do like the bait-making aspect of it where you're just like, "I, I need to take a pause on this. Like this is where it almost becomes, I don't want to say dry, but like the, the the motivation to keep creating. Do you know what I'm, am I making any sense here? No, where no, no, you,
1: know, you totally are. Um, like, so,
0: do you get that, like, have you? No,
1: uh, it's like, I think my son's heard about it in music, right? My son's 18 and he's in college and is, is a lot of people told him, hey, don't major in music because it'll ruin it for you, right? Um, and then you'll hear that about fishing and building baits, like, Dude, you're going to do it full time and then it's a job and then you're going to hate it, right? Um, In the fishing industry, if you're in the industry, not building or anything, you'll see a lot of people come and go. They'll come in two, three years or I love boom, boom, boom. They're salesmen, whatever they can do to get into the industry. They just want in. And three years later, they're out. (laughs) Right? It burned me out because every day when you wake up, when you go to sleep, it's fishing, right? So it's in the reason it works for me, and that other people are are normal, right? They watch football. They you know they have interests. Um, it's never there's never a day that would be like where I don't want to create or or fish or anything. Anything like every day I wake up, I'm fucking chomping the bit. Not to maybe create nothing new, but it's just exist in this reality. Right. No, no, I mean, and it's a crazy statement, right? Like I hate painting. I painted over fifteen thousand bait. Right, that's my job. My boy Tommy, he's turned into a baitsmith, um, extraordinaire. Like I, I trust him to He's building. I'm painting. I'm running logistics. It's working. Um, I go through all the build stuff, but at, at this point, right? You know, we're a team. Yes. I paint, and I hate painting, but I don't hate painting. It's just like, yeah, like, oh man, painting again. But then it's just like any other life task. Like, I don't want to paint for eight hours today. Well, I'm going to break it up and, and then right. accept the reality of I'll drop these baits later or whatever it is. Right. Like it's a task that has to be done, but like, right. No, I never burn out of fishing. I never burn out of building. Like I could talk about fishing for 24 hours a day and not even sleep. Like, right. That's why I tell people I'm broken. Like it, I understand that it's messed up. Like it really is. Like it really is like a, A a thing when you're when I you're truly saying I don't give a crap about anything else but fishing. Anything, I'd rather fish than go to Christmas. I'd rather fish than anything in my you know like uh, you know the people I love or what you know if I'm with a woman or something. I'm not that guy. I'm not going to like stay out fishing. Like sorry babe, (laughs) I'm not coming home. You know I enjoy those you know the things in my life like that. Like I'm not going to compromise right you know because those are very important too but if somebody's like hey you fish too much I'd be like you don't love me (laughs) sorry (laughs) you don't accept me for myself and I can't have you in my life like they would just instantly be like sorry bro call me right and it's really cold I don't right so um yeah I mean it like when people build and you get burnt out my suggestion is go fishing that's how right if I'm I just go fishing, like, that's what I burn out of. If I'm building and, and I don't fish, I will get, but if I'm not fishing, I get tired of everything. When I right. like when I was married, uh, before I was divorced, my wife would see me staring out the window and just be like, just go.
0: <sighs>
1: just because I'd just be in the house, like walking around like, you know, like bored right. as fuck, like just go, just go. So right. that would be my recommendation. Like if you lose drive in like creating, Go fish and don't throw your lure. Throw everything, right. like like throw what's biting. Throw what you know. Like I see a lure. I go on like Ichiban Tackles, one of my favorite Japanese sites because they have old stuff, new stuff, and I just scroll. And I'm like, what is that? And I buy it and I fish right. it, and I might fish it one time, just right. to see it swim or whatever, and that goes into my 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 data bank of like of fishing and building and stuff like so i just stay interested in fishing
0: right and i i think that's actually and i never really thought about it like that i and that is probably the if i do start feeling where you're like all right here we go more resin in the mold like it's just it becomes a sequential thing i do realize that the only time that i'll feel something along those lines is When I think it's a beautiful day and I could be like, I could be out right now. I'm making uh, where you start to take away from that personal enjoyment. Because like I said, because for me, I'm not trying to make, I don't, I, I, regardless, I'm not trying to get like my comp, this hobby company up and going. I'm doing this because I love to do this, Mm -hmm. but because I'm balancing so much time, I truly am taking away from fishing time to make somebody else a bait, which I do. I'm honored to do that. But when you do that too many times, you start not grudgeful, but you're just like, I should be fishing right now. I should. This is a beautiful day. I got time. I can. And you almost start resenting it in that sense for me. And I never really put it together like that until you're saying it. But it's a good point because I do see for me, I love painting. I I do I love painting. I I wish I could have just all my baits there for me so I could paint them all. Um but I do I do like the nuance of building as well, mm-hmm. but that's the part that takes the time to set and, you know, all the, you, mm-hmm. everything. So that's when I'll get into my own head. If I'm at my booth and I'm painting, I, I could be there for 16 hours and not not really think about it i'm i'm in and out but i never really thought about that correlation of the maybe the reason you start to feel that way is because it's a, almost a a withdraw of kind of the reason you're whole doing it because at the beginning the whole reason i did this was kind of like what you're saying was because i was making a bait that i wanted to to fish i, I found a, I want, like I, I was missing something and i was like i can make that and then I made it, and it worked. And I'm like, "This is this is the thing." So you're taking from that thing that the reason you're doing it.
1: I think that guys miss in building too. Um, not to take anything away from anyone that's building whatever, but you'll see a lot of guys are like, "Hey, I want to build a shad glide," but you you should build what you need to fish with. I mean, I understand you got to build baits. something, right? Like if you want to build, build away, but the best baits, I think, you know, like a uh, necessity is the father of invention or mother invention, right. whatever That thing is yep. like, like when you need it to do a, a, a task, I think that's when you're going to get those, those baits. Like the Wade hogs, the Wade hogs that made it to ABS, right? It just caught that 11 pounder for my boy, Joey. He's like part of toxic stuff. He's like one of my best friends. We're together all the time. Um, so he, uh, that Wade Hogs, the culmination of the Wade Hogs, Black Dog had the Build Cracker back way back when I started, but you couldn't get the Build Cracker. It was like hard to get very limited thin. It was just a variation of their Shell Cracker, which I was never a fan of. Not because I just didn't know how to work it into my arsenal. Right. It was like a glide, four glides. It was kind of like before it's time and understood it worked. Right. But we, we didn't really right. know what to do with it, right? So, um, And then Brock Hiroshima had a fat gill. It was it was fat. I forget what it was. And then my boy, Stephen Morgan, had a bait with Morgan Custom Lures that was a really big gill with articulating gills. I actually have. He sent me the master keys in building more We might bring that. But um, it had, like, articulating gills, but it was just – it was so big, right? The gill baits at the time were so big and round. If you heard me talk about it, a r- normal gill is made so they can't eat it. It's hard to eat. Okay. That's why it's round. It doesn't fit down their throat. Like right. That's why they developed right. the body shape. So they, right. so they're hard to eat. Well, that's the problem with bluegill baits because they, either they won't eat them or they throw them because it's too big and wonky. So... I really didn't want to create a bluegill bait. I made weight cranks. So I was like, I'm going to buy a bluegill. So I, was, I lost three fish over 10 on that organ. Uh, and I was like, that's it. That's it. And that's my, and that's a great lure. It just, it was like a brick. I don't Or maybe right. I just didn't get it right back then. There wasn't the right rod. This is like 2000. Right. And, right. Um, 11, maybe. Um, so, anyways, so I made the the weight hogs to be sleek, no fin, um, uh, the right belly to, to to back. I call it, you know, that's what I call it, the you know the height, the side, right? And then the right. width had to be fat because I'd you know fat wakes are more productive than when they are under. You know, you, you yes. get away with a larger bait on top, you can underneath. Yeah. So I developed a bluegill bait that I could wake, crank down. Had a big presence, but I wouldn't lose fish on. So it wasn't like a new to the market. It wasn't like, oh, I'm the first guy to create. I never, but it was a bait that I feel like I tuned in, not only to get the bites, but to be able to put the fish in the boat. Right. Like, right. So, right. And then, and then it just found success gradually, not even gradually, like, 10-pounders all over the nation. It's got 10-pounders in Washington, Oregon. That's amazing. Maine. Um, the Northeast is actually the second biggest one-made market. In the nation. Like, we really? sell more to the Northeast. I think everyone does. There's California. Texas is pretty good. Northeast, lights out. The Northeast guys, New England guys, all that stuff. They keep like, yeah. rocking like shout out to the new England guys. Cause like you guys keep the big guys like be freaking going, especially the crankdown stuff. When I started dude, there was no crankdown. There those pats, pats, right. crankdowns, Crank downs. And then my shit. I mean, I'm from right. you could, but people, when I came out were like, I can't get it to wait. So, right. Um, so, so, so anyways, well, I, yeah. But
0: like, so with you saying that and kind of just to, recap on that Uh, and again i i don't i make generally small very small scale just for myself it's a hobbyist Mm -hmm. but when i started to get people to kind of people started noticing what i did all those attention are coming from where you're talking about texas is my biggest market uh the carolinas i get tons to carolinas and what they wanted was i love that can you make it a little bigger can you make it a little longer? Can you make it glide a little bit more? And and I, I'll say this openly now, and I've said it openly in, in lives that I've done. That's to my fault that I was like, definitely. Because I thought somebody wants something. I'm humbled that they would ask me to try to do this. So I built a bait. I took all the time to design the bait. I'm a little bit backwards when I build things, so it takes a long time. Um, a lot of wasted product. And then I'd make this bait that was exactly what they would want. And then I would turn around in my own backyard and try to throw it for musky it, it, But I wasn't building it for that. I was building it for these guys fishing big bass. And I would throw it for bass and I would get follows and I would get the odd hit and I would get hits by things that are, you know, four and a half, five pounds. I, w- I would get those hits, but I'm not throwing them in front of double digit bass. I, d- I don't have that. So what I started building wasn't necessarily for, it, it started coming away from, like you said, what I fish. Mm-hmm. So this has just been a revelation in the last six months of mine was the baits that I'm building on general. Now I've reduced in size. I've brought to the size that I like throwing for bass, like the the top waters, a little bit smaller um, with a lot of action. And then the bigger baits are, longer and more articulated for the musky attention up here like so what I've also learned is that some musky baits are great for the big bass guys but I, I gotta do the things that I love to build for the reasons I fish them and then hope that people if they want them then I'm more than happy to sell them because at the end of the day like you said I'm doing this because I love fishing yeah. I got a boat I'm the happiest if I like my kids are young my oldest is 10 but if I can have those guys on my boat with me they they love it and now that they're because of this and I've had a lot of friends that are in the market of soft plastics and all that stuff I basically only use um, essentially homemade baits garage baits um, essentially I don't get me wrong I'll still throw on uh, some productive baits when I can but I just like to support the people that are doing it a little smaller, but because of that, I have all the soft plastics. I have all the so now my kids were two years ago. Even they would be like, "Where are the worms?" Now they're like, "Can I?" They go into their tackle box and they rig their own little jigs with soft plastics on them, and they can throw them for fit. Like, I love that. But I, I, am trying to change to kind of like what you're saying. Fish make for what you're fishing. Target your market. Produce for your market. Or well, and- produce
1: for yourself. Like. Right you no' know, for I mean. the market right? right, and I know like I really drive that, but I just think like just creating for yourself people will like I think people try to create for the market, which is fine, but just it's almost like give yourself more more um credit because you are the market, right like right yes, yeah, that's,
0: that's, like, that's this what guy I mean. is yeah. like
1: Tom whatever, and he's in some other state and catches a gazillion pound bass, right? So what? 90% of people that fish aren't doing that. They just want to right. go out on Saturday, row a swim bait, catch some fish, have a great time. Like, like they're you. They're yeah, us. exactly. Yeah. So I know people don't, you know, I, I don't think people are just like, I'm going to create something that everyone wants to sell, but I'm just saying in general, like, like, just don't overthink shit it, it, right. to, like, your listeners, right? Like, yeah, and the, like, absolutely. guys that build. Don't overthink it. Like, build crappy stuff. I build crappy stuff all the time. Like, <laughs> like yeah. I actually build stuff bad first, right? Like, we just got these injection molds for my old man river. Soft plastic. I had them cut. Aluminum. I always use silicone. I'm probably going to go to a bigger factory. But to... Uh, to break the market we got some injection you know aluminum molds cut i knew what to do i knew to heat the molds i knew this temperature probably work i knew to shoot at this temp i shot those suckers cold the ejector was cold i shot it at a high temp to see shrinkage and i shot it wrong like five times and then i told my boy tommy i'm like hey this is what i did that shit didn't work this worked that didn't blah 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 he came back the next day he shot him he's like oh it's fucking good to go i shot it wrong That's first weird. like Building something right the first time happened, but it's not a cliche. Like you literally don't know what you did, but like on right. the mink, I talk about it a lot. I fished it and it was mediocre. And then I made one final adjustment. All I did was move the body, the cut in the body, like a quarter inch back, three eighths of an inch back. And it went from mediocre to like instantly producing. Right. You know, so, um, And it
0: is those small adjustments sometimes that, like, I don't generally... I now make a lipped bait, like it's a a wake bait, but I generally make lipless swim baits. And I, I just made a musky bait last year. Big, weird shape. It's like an axe head lip on it. I custom made a lip, so it's unique. I can't tell... I've told a million people. I probably threw out dozens. And it was all by shifting that lip by almost literal degrees and then once i had a degree i liked shifting the line tie up and down the bait and the lip like a lot of people don't realize that like like millimeter differences will change how that bait is pulled and i still after that project i got that thing swimming i love the bait it's a big musky bait it's great i don't ever want to do that again with another crankbait. Like I I am like I'm cashing in on crankbaits. I yeah. wasted so much product and material on those crank that crankbait that I can't even Every I, lip pull
1: it. it. It depends on like so you have your you have your lure, do I haven't even have lures here. Um So, you have your lure <laughs> wherever this lip is, you know, if it's positioned further back in the bait, that right. will have an effect on your line tie, the action it produces and then your line type movement vertical has right. adjustment and then also in relation to the lip and where it is in the body so like you're even the orientation of horizontal or vertical right. everything has like like you said slightest like you could put a screw eye in and put one in right on top of it it yeah. changes everything everything um yeah. so like that's the i think that's where i am okay like how you said like, oh man, I'll never make another one. I still yeah. put lips in different locations and proven design. Every right. angle. I'm constantly like trying something. I put line ties on the forehead, you know, right. just, I'm always trying something like, like even with the soft plastic, if I'm fishing and I catch it on black and blue, I'm like, wait a minute. What if I flip this color? Well, I can't right. five instead of four, you know? So um yeah, it's like infinite. Like the tinkering, even on, on lipless bait, not even the joint spacing, but I noticed how you have the joint set up, whether it's screw eye to pin or or screw eye to pin or like just the orientation, what side of the bait of the gap you have the screw eyes on right. can affect right. like every tiny tiny thing. Can affect the action. Now, is it affecting an action that's going to produce bites or negatively impact bites? I don't know how to quantify that. You know, right, um, right. You just have to
0: try it. But that's the thing, though, is like, and and I've told this to people that uh, function over, oh like, over aesthetics. Oh yeah. I I do try to make it. You know, uh, the designs on my baits that I do have it, it is because i'm kind of extra i I like the artistic nature of that but that means nothing if the bait doesn't work like you got a wall hanger like and i stand by that and i've told people that the coolest paint job on a on a log doesn't matter if it doesn't do what it's supposed to do and i i do believe in that and just because a bait works perfectly and i liked that you said that because in you saying that even on a tested bait you will still shift the lip around Because a bait, you might always find something that does something better. You can turn some, and it's by accident. You might be like, oh my, you might have slipped a little bit extra weight in that you normally don't put it, and it fell a little bit backwards when I'm pouring the mold, and suddenly I got this, a different thing. It sits a little back heavy as opposed to front heavy, and now it it wants to bite the water a little more as opposed to, there's these little things that can always make something a little bit sexier. And if you don't kind of, every once in a while, try that, you can change something completely.
1: Yeah. That's a key too is, is weight placement for, I call it traction. I like to bite the water. Right. People miss
0: that. So I I I know I've had you for a while here. There's just, I always ask a few questions at the end. It's yeah. kind of a lot of people listen because they want to hear people's opinions. But I do want to touch base on one thing that I did look up. Um, and I, I don't want to take your time too much on it, but uh-huh. toxic days. Mm-hmm. That you 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 start. I think last one was four. Yeah, I think toxic. I think it was toxic day four that I I saw last. And now that's just like a bait show. Like it's a it's well, it looks like an event. I don't know. I'm I can't talk at a turn because I really don't know much about it. But it looks like a like almost like a trade show because mm-hmm. the last one you had Piz there, you had, mm-hmm. had a bunch of stuff. And that's something that you just for the
1: community was like, you know what? Let's do. I did a barbecue. That's... It was the winter time, The first one, January, I was just like, it's cold. And you know, all these, it was after my first full-time year, it was my first year full-time. And I was like, wow, what an amazing thing. Let's have a barbecue. I'll do a bait drop. See who shows up. People start flying in. Um, I was the only no one <laughs> that was the most lucrative event for sure. <laughs> um, and then it was just me and subsurface and, we had probably 100 people show up maybe, and it was like, wow, this is freaking awesome. And the idea was, right, like I come from bass fishing and a lot of tournament driven, so all my friends locally, we'd see each other at tournament, but it was like you're in a tournament. You're not giving up info, nothing else. Yeah, hang out. right. When it's slow on the Delta, it's very slow in January. Um, Let's hang out. So it started, and then I just – the second one was like with another co- – organization and they had a tournament third one was was bigger um and then fourth one was big but so the whole thing is though is is five i'm not doing this year i'm probably doing next year i'm doing a tournament this year instead is it's always been free for everyone the vendors don't pay people don't pay you're not allowed to buy raffle you just get one when you come in all the all the raffles are free the only thing the vendors are asked to do is donate product we give it away for free so this last one was, yeah, we had 54 vendors. DRT flew out from Japan. Um, wow. We had, I mean, I can't even, Those so many people. it's amazing. That was like Sims, fucking bass. I'm pretty sure Sims are there. They've been at most of the shows, bunch of builders, soft plastics. It's not a swim bait event. It's like for everyone that wants to be involved. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we had, and it was great. Like I got a dunk tank and it's basically just like.
0: It's a community day. It's it, just, it sounds it, like a festival.
1: It is. It's a community day. It's a, it's a trade show. It's so that people in small builders, like I really like the small builders that have never done a show. I don't charge them because I know how much costs run and you don't always make money as a brand, you know, especially when Piz and DRT are there, right? Like, right. So you, right. I'm not going to charge some guy. You know, that's just building 10 baits or, you know, a month or something the same. Is, I just, I know how, I know the fight, right? So, but with, I say a lot of stuff, and I guess it is like, I say, oh, you shouldn't take negatively. Um, but it does kind of like ring true is like, there's these giant corporations and businesses, they have like tournaments. Where you're supposed to use only their product, or
0: mm. you know, they're mm. like, "Hey,
1: come to this trade show, and we'll give you a free shirt." It's bullshit, man! Like, like, just I'm so appreciative. Like, coming out of pocket, you know, to say thank you to the community that provides provides it doesn't it's just like my home. It's like it, right. it's like a. It's not even a question. You right. know what I mean? Like, I know what these companies spend on, like, booths or or advertisements, uh, you know. For the same amount I throw Toxic Day, it would cost me, you know, like, I can't get a booth at the Classic, like, you know, like, or run ads, social ads. If I was, like, sponsoring social guys or this and that, <clears throat> I'd rather have Toxic Day. Right. I mean, that's... I just want to say thank you to the community. Like, I don't, that's all it is. And I don't understand why more, I'm not saying brands like myself, right? Because it's not very business for like the amount of income, but guys that are making all, you know, the big companies making all this money, like the fact that they're not like throwing, I shouldn't say a name, but any big name, insert big name here.
0: Right. Come
1: out. Appreciation
0: days. Like that's all it. Yeah. It's, but
1: so so it, it, I, it it's basically just like a wow, you guys are awesome. Let's have a fucking party, and right and enjoy our community with people that are like minded. And every event's gone so well, and people are just you know like it, it 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 breeds friendship and positivity in the community, and like that's all that's all I'm about now. Like I'm forty two. I, I've done and said some stuff in the past, you know, that, you know, uh, just how life goes, but I I don't allow any negativity into my life anymore. Like, I don't even try to get mad anymore. If somebody has a problem, that's cool, man. Like live your truth. I'm over here existing in my reality. Um, and like, as you grow, I think, you know, like, holding your composure and, 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 and taking things in stride is, is a big, is a big thing for me with like integrity and like growing up back in the day I used to drink and do stuff and it's easy to like pop off on opinions and, and everyone has their opinion, but I was sure. kind of rough and harsh in my deliveries and stuff. Um, so now I, I don't even, it just, I'm just all about positivity, man. Like, like even those companies don't give back. That's fine. Like I, I will, Right. That's how I spread positivities, like through my brand right. and like putting positive energy out into the universe, or whatever you want to call it. Right, living right. by God, whatever someone wants to say, um, I think kind of like circles in, like just, just, just because you you can doesn't mean you should.
0: Right, and and I th- again, I'm I'm relatively new to the to, uh, and by swim Bay world, I mean like the I'm not even I'm. I'm like a voyeur on the underground. I'll peek in there every once in a while. There's still, I still feel like it's the old school. I dare not post anything. I've had a couple people post about me, but I'm yeah. I'm terrified of that place. I won't post anything on there. So, uh, but being new, your reputation of just being a good guy. I mean, I, I think anybody that listens to this will will see that like anybody that's I think I I believe that your um, reputation as a as a human will carry you to the as far as you want it to go as long as you maintain and having the reputation of just being you can't fake that you can't fake the reputation of being a good guy you 100% will be found out someone's going to call you out eventually you're going to slip up and it's just going to show itself yeah. and in a world that you're you're backing is your like at this point for you Toxic is your backing. That is your, your brand. It, it can go either way. You could be the greatest producer, not even anybody. Anybody's name can be great until they're found out that they're not. Like, oh, this is a really shitty human being. Like, that's a, and it. And doesn't matter how good your product is. People don't want to necessarily support that. Yeah. And when you come on on these lives and you're just so humble and grateful. Like I said, the, one, the last live that I jumped on, you were just so grateful to people that have supported you and even though you're successful you got twenty thousand followers on instagram like you're still absolutely humble in 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 just the community that supports you and you give back with things like the toxic days that's it's inspiring to to another again uh, somebody that can walk watch peripherally at somebody that makes baits for a living still be a human being and not be one of those big companies that you're talking about. Because that's always the fear. It's like you'll you meet a guy, they get big, they get big, and then they become a company. And you're like, oh, that, that guy used to talk to me and be oh, like, yeah. we used to have good conversations, right? And to someone like you that has built a company that has become successful and still has a time to at 6.30 in the morning, jump on a live and be like, hey, man, I appreciate you guys. I look forward to this product launch of my new ABS. And I was like, this, I think it's what, Again, because I don't reach out. I'm, I don't like reaching out to people necessarily, but I think that's what inspired me to just be like, maybe he wants to talk for a little bit because yeah. just the humbleness in somebody to be approachable in this sense. Well, I uh, I, I think
1: you should reach out because if somebody says no, um, that's their, their business, but five followers, a hundred followers, a five listens, a million listens. Um, somebody wants me to be on their podcast. you know like like how could you be like "Ah, that right i'm I'm not gonna do so but i do want to say something like i am the way i am because i wasn't always the best person i'm not gonna be dishonest about that like whether you know i was never like murdering you know something like this i had (laughs) i have a a rough past and i've said some shit i drank a lot of alcohol like you know i come from i don't drink anymore and it was never like a, a a thing where I hurt my family or anything, but it was just like, you know, like, I, I come from kind of nothing. um, And that, you know, you develop a certain callus in your life and a certain viewpoints, And, but I was able to grow as I got older, you know, Right. So I'm proud of the person I am now and I wouldn't be the person I am now without a past that was bumpy and i'm sure somebody could dig something up from back then i was running my mouth talking shit you know something um but it was (laughs) it was never like you know online it's hard back in the day you could people ran their mouth it wasn't like it is now or the cancel culture and stuff it wasn't ever like 100 really malicious thing but yeah i just want to i want to put that out there like like I live my life to be the best person I can. I've always taken care of my family, my son, and never slighted anybody or never like cheated on my wife or fuck you know, did fuck up shit. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah. I know that life is different for everyone. Right. But I do so I do really try to be the best person I can be and grow into a better person year after year. So right. um you know, I'm glad that people can see the person I've grown into. And everybody right. can change. Like, data. absolutely. Like, everybody can change their life and, uh, and, or their, just their perspective. Sometimes it just takes perspective. And I was a really unhappy person, to be honest with you. Like, working in the job, working in the refinery, in an unhappy marriage, all these external things. So that's another reason why I try to stay positive, because I've been there and I know that even if somebody's projecting this negativity, they, they just, it's just something in their life. Nobody's right. just happy as hell and then, down in people so right yeah, i feel kind of pompous in saying it but when people act like that i'm just oh man you'll get through it bro <laughs> i right. was there i That's was that right. guy you know right so i mean Absolutely. i appreciate you saying that i and i really glad that I, I really hope i do do right by customers. right um but you know coming from where i came from um to to now like i'm broke I'm, you know, like building a business. I went into debt. I, I try. I'm trying to build a giant business. I just didn't want to have toxic and make some money and pay bills. I didn't right. make toxic to pay bills. I right. I don't want money. Like it's not money driven, but I want toxic to be very large. Like I'll yeah. growing this until they make me stop. So, you know. So I definitely want to go that direction, but more important is living that a happy life. Like, right. Like. legacy of the company is great but living the happy life and you i can't be happy unless i'm like putting happiness out right right so
0: that's inspiring man it really is just for because i think i think it's easy to be negative today oh i think it's easy for people to to see um and i've noticed this i've talked to my kids about this especially my oldest who's 10 he's not allowed on like like he's not allowed to just roam the internet, YouTubes and stuff like that's all to a degree. Like it's kids tube for him. And, uh mm-hmm. but you know, he is getting to that point where friends are doing other things and it's just, I've had to tell him like, it's real easy to just turn on the internet and be negative right. from start to finish. Cause that's what people are clicking on. And to it's, it's it's easier to find the negative and then now beside it, like, and your opinion be attached to Mm. uh, like a definition and it's just like you said back in the day it wasn't that because i could have a discussion i could say bass fishing is the biggest waste of time wait till you musky fish and you'd be like yeah blow it out your ass bass (laughs) fishing's awesome (laughs) and and then we would laugh about it and you'd take me bass fishing and i'd be like i'll take you and that was it where now it can be a full out like you're wasting your time and it becomes this personal thing and it just, and that's just fishing life is opinionated right now. So being able to, to, to kind of try to shed the positivity, um, is also something I'm working on with myself as well. I've had, I think a lot of us have had checkered paths, and that's helped us to shape kind of the definition of where we're going and how we are trying to output. I think having kids helps just because you now have a little eyes on you that, you're trying to define in a sense that of what structure yourself in the way that is a role model to to what they should try to achieve to be um but you doing it on a grand scale is is it's it, it is it's inspiring to see and it helps to motivate uh, other people to do that so again i, I don't mean to sit here and, and nah blow smoke up your ass no, or, for 10 minutes but i do appreciate that and i know that other people have said the same thing that you're a great guy to talk to so
1: i mean it's just i, I think it's just like it should be right like i i'm a big hip-hop guy and like you see like styles p he, he has a juice he has a line of juice bars he's in the locks for people that don't follow rap but, mm-hmm. you know so he was a big street rapper you know crack rapper all the shit he's he's in his 40s like you get older, he's and he was. He made a post about guys being tough, and you know, you're 35, bro. Like, like we're old men out here. Like, just slide into hell. Like, I'm super. It's crazy, right? Like, I would. I yeah. never thought I would never. I thought I'd be drinking old English forties till I was dead. Like rapping until I was dead. Like criminal till I, like, right. til I was dead. And now I'm like, I just went down to Long Beach for a little vacation. Uh, uh, I'm with a friend and like. We're, I was talking with another friend about vacation in Mexico, and they're like, oh, we did this, 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 but we're hungover so much this day. And Like, I'm literally wake up, like, what kind of juice can I put into my body today <laughs> that will make me feel great? And I'm, right. like, so into it. I just, like, fully – I I feel like I got old enough, and the world is open now to, like, all these things. When In the 90s, you could go to a juice bar. Nobody told you you could be, right. like – and now it's like a trend. I'm in. Like I'm 42, and I like, I'm like stoked to like drink, get healthy, and <laughs> ginger, and like you know do mobility exercises because life is exciting when you're positive. And I I right. really hope that you know. And I I said all that because I what I meant to like lead into was like. It's very easy to consume negativity right now, but it's also very easy to not consume it. I literally, my Instagram feed is funny jokes of whatever humor you may have, as long as it's enlightening. You know, some people find stuff funny that other people don't. But it's like dog videos, like little farm animals, like cute turtles. I mean, I like animals. I don't know. I you know know that shit, but like. (laughs) That's what I fill my life with. I fill my right. life with food, and and animals, and freaking people that love me, or people that I love or find interesting, uh, you know. And um, and it will help your life. Uh, it, yeah, to get all I, I, the I shouldn't negative stuff. I should be giving life advice, but like, like just <laughs> fill your life with positivity, and and it will be better. And like, cause, but you have to make the change. In my refinery, I was like there. I was sitting, I was just occupying space for 12 hours a day. And I don't know if I've ever said this in public, but I, I didn't want to be alive. I know it sounds petty and shit, you know, but it was like, I work every day and I'll never get ahead. The big thing was my son, 12 hour rotating shift, single father, back and forth in my head, you get a week off. Uh, every month and like 12 hours off. I couldn't have a day off on this day, that day. That was more important to me than like financial security. Right. Even though it was just like financial enough to like pay bills, not right. live. Um. So I basically just said, I want to be happy. And this isn't writing happiness for me. And I would right. rather be broke. But I've been broke. I've been yes. on welfare.
0: Right. You also knew what it meant to I, be like to have I could be on welfare point.
1: again. Like and just right. be like, know that I have to build my shit or whatever it is. Right. Like, I'm yeah. not scared to go to nothing. And I understand people that it's a, that's a crazy life motto. <laughs> right. I know. But um, yeah, I just I was miserable. Right. And I said, you know what? I choose happiness. And then. Uh, my ex-wife and me are friends, um, but our relationship wasn't there for, for a multitude of reasons. You know, I don't want to really go anywhere. No, no, absolutely. Um, but she's doing good now and stuff. And I just, um, even then, I just, I just, I'm just choosing it. I'm choosing to be happy. I'm choosing to smile and, and, and it, so there's negative days, of course, like horrible. Absolutely. The last two months have been horrible for me, like. I don't even leave the house and because I don't know what my finances or blah. Where's my company? Right. But, right. I mean, just, just yeah, just choose positivity. Like, if you're baits, you don't want to paint, don't paint. Go fish. Right. You know?
0: I, I, and I think that's an underlying thing that I hope people take away from this and from you. And uh, because I have a lot of people that I know personally that are struggling with things and and, and life and especially in this world, uh, those words of choose to be happy, it's a choice. Now, don't get me wrong. There's clinical depressions. There's dopamine drops. There's, there's things that are like chemical reactions. But if you are just inundating yourself with negative news, choose to wake up happy. Just, cho- just make the choice not to be unhappy and start there. And yeah. that will lead you to the positive things. It's a, those are great words to stand by. I, I hope that's a lot that's taken from this, this episode because, awesome. uh, that's inspiration, but I, I do want to get you out of here, but I got to get these rapid fire questions yeah, out of the way because this is like I I said, forever, what people so. are <laughs> I that's uh, the um, problem, the pro- but that's the problem with yeah. me. And that's why I started this yeah. is because getting on and talking to people about fishing and fishing related topics, I, I literally could blow a day off, uh, and like you, I've never talked to you in person before, but I could talk to you all day because you're. it's an easy conversation. But these are the questions that I have developed over okay. this podcast that people kind of look forward to. So the first one, not your bait. You can't use your bait. If you were to have three bait in your box or your boat or, or on you at any given time, they're kind of like your, uh, kind of your tide tested and true since the beginning. They don't have to be anything special, but three baits that you kind of will never leave the tackle box. They'll just, you might not ever use them, but they'll never leave. They just, sentimental or not. Uh, What would three baits be? Very easy. Um, I like that.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, there'd be a tie for third, but it was just uh, Spinnerbait, Cinco, how did I miss? Spinnerbait, Cinco, Bastrix. Bastrix will be. Bastrix will make catch fish everywhere, all the time, all year, all sizes. Like spinnerbait, yeah, spinnerbait, Bastrix, and, uh, and a, and a cinco. seven-inch Cinco. I throw the seven. Seven-inch? Yes, only the seven. I mean, of course, I'll throw for bites, but the seven-inch yeah. is a true trophy bait. Anyone that tells you, ah, oh, Cinco, seven-inch Texas rig, Cinco, trophy bait. Hundred percent. Really? hundred uh, percent.
0: It's like I've I've I, I I it just for lack of knowledge and just kind of going with the flow. I've only ever thrown a five. I've never. That I don't even know if I've it. even okay. looked for a seven.
1: It's a big fish bait, and the Texas rig is the key to the big bites, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, right. I always have one on, always, always, always.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And the spinnerbait,
1: <laughs> all those, all those lures catch fish, but appeal to large fish spinnerbaits. I've got giant giants over nine pounds on it. Um, multiple, you know, I, and I can see a frog, a jig and all this stuff. Right. But if I have to go, these are the, the these
0: are the, yeah, these are the three that are standing in your box. That's awesome. Okay. You have three, so three days fully paid for all inclusive anywhere in the world for a one day, 24 hour fishing trip, anywhere you want to go. What are the three target species? you would want to fish for now maybe you've done a ton of excursions maybe no, you've to- but i'm talking like trophy fish or um, in the world, bucket list fish like three bucket list fish if you could go anywhere to catch them especially in their natural habitat uh
1: golden dorado um, the golden dorado in south america Colombia. in south america yeah um tiger fish in africa um i really want those are bad and no one it's hard to even get to the rivers i actually wrote a a magazine article for a magazine in south africa years back and uh, the guy was like yeah we go but um and then the third one i have access to tuna those are all really fun i want to catch a giant white sea bass um on a surface iron or on a lure interesting um i have some friends that that I've got like eighty. So oh, wow. it's a west coast thing. I don't know. On the east coast you guys know about the white sea bass, like a big croaker. But um oh. yeah, they eat lures a certain time of the year. So uh that would be in Mexico. But yeah, golden Dorado and and tiger fish seem freaking I can name a million. There's that and there's a carp in China. Uh
0: wow, yellow.
1: There's a carp in China that doesn't look like a carp. Um that's Freaking crazy, but
0: but yeah, it's one of the I've learned more about like exotic fish species by asking this question to other people because that's one thing that I got to give you credit for you you've had those answers like locked and loaded like you already knew about it, but uh, like because when I started this and I started asking that question, I brought up as like Arapaima being one of my like especially in their natural location, and after I had mentioned that, I had somebody give me a link to somebody that they're friends with who's a guide in the Amazon that fishes arapaima and, and, uh, like natural or, um, peacocks, but in their like in the rivers and they're giant. And like when that person gave me that link and then that guide reached out to me, I was like. Uh, it's it's weird how it's, like suddenly a bucket list trip that like in the future one day somebody's like, you know, it costs this much. I'll get you on a plane. You know, my next guide, I got yeah. this day, this day, this day. And you're like, Oh my God, I'm, <laughs> I can't, I'm too anxious. But uh, that is like, same thing. that if there was farmed, I shouldn't even say farm, but like if you were to go to like Florida and, and catch peacocks, that's awesome. But there's something about like taking a jumper plane into a little town and backpacking through like bush just to get to the yeah. river, and nobody's on that that shoreline. And you're catching these absolute monsters. And
1: that's perfect because Dorado is the same with the Golden Dorado, are always in the cut, like little creeks and stuff. And then wolffish, that's cool. and, I mean, uh, the, 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 uh, the tiger fish are tigerfish. in the middle of nowhere. Like I've seen Kubera in Colombia exploding on top waters. If you don't know what that is, the big red snapper. Mm. Oh, okay, in the ocean, and they like sixties eating Oliver from Big bass dreams. He did a trip out there and it looks incredible, but those fish that I named are like,
0: that's another great guy. That's another guy that's like blown off and still a super nice, or at least when I talked to him and cool. an absolutely super nice guy. Um, last question. And this one's the most important to me. Boat snacks. When you're on your boat, are you a snacker on the boat? Do you ever bring anything with you? And if you do, what would that boat snack be?
1: gummy bears yeah gummy, terrible gummy bears and um, <laughs> I bring beef jerky for Carl my dog if you follow you know Carl um, and only a little bit because he's not supposed to have salt but I'm the guy that like comes home like like uh, Tom Hanks in uh, Castaway or whatever like <laughs> I should have taken more water and snacks out there and just come home and just like like yeah. actually, peanut butter and jellies though. I eat more peanut butter and jellies than any adult should. So if I'm going on the boat <laughs> and I'm like I'm going on a trip, a lot of my trips are short and impromptu, so I don't have to. Right. Boom. Four right. hours. I live five minutes from the ramp. I live on the water. Right.
0: Though. Right.
1: Um. So those I'll just go.
0: Yeah. But, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I take water. Uh, like a diet maybe, and gummy bears. I take gummy bears. Uh, That's awesome sugar and like you know a little bit of gelatin for the joints
0: you know, that's right
1: kind of what... but you know uh yeah so and if i if i go to a lake or on trips i'll bring like a burner sometime, especially in the winter um i'll bring a little propane burner and catch the trout and cook them. You know, that's awesome or something you know like. that's wicked i love food yeah. i just love fishing more
0: <laughs> right well i mean there's a lot of people that i've talked to where i asked that question they're like nothing like I'll, I'll eat before or I'll eat after I'm not eating on the, <laughs> where me, like it could change the day on the boat. As far as like confidence wise, yeah. if I start getting hunger pangs and I'm only like two or three hours in and I'm like, I'm starving. There's no way I'm leaving. So I'm just going to be hungry. Like that can change. Yeah. It. So gummy bears, boat that's snacks, why I use those. That's, that's like, can just pack them
1: in, your body gets sugar, it fills your belly up. And I'm literally yeah. like go to a spot and I'm driving my boat and like.
0: Yeah, yeah. Not while the fishing's no, I'm happening. Like,
1: hey, no, like, so I'm fucking like cramming the, the peanut butter and jelly down. You know, throwing the crust out. So, um, oh God. Yeah,
0: and, uh, that's hilarious. I,
1: you know, I love food. I'm a foodie, right? And if there's, right. Like, if there's food on the water, and I'm with a friend, a restaurant, I like to take a lunch break. Like, do it. I'll I'll go take a lunch, have fun. Like you said, it makes the day better.
0: Some of those places are, like, hidden gems, too. Oh, Ones yeah. that have ramps that you, like, pull the boat right yeah. up to. And you jump out and there's, like, a little diner there. It's pretty surreal, oh, too, s- like,
1: to be fishing. You just pull up and, like, have food. We have places on the yeah. delta all over. but And most lakes have some. But I, I, I enjoy everything about fishing so much. Like, even like that, like the trout. If you cook a fish on the back deck. I take my dog to the beach on my boat. Like, if we're in the summer, I, I'm i at the beach for, like, 45 and it's at low tide, um, right? With my dog, enjoying. That's awesome. Enjoying the day, but enjoying like the day of fishing in a hole, right? Like, let me take a break, right. hang out, look at my phone if I have reception, like yeah. Just I used to be hardcore, man, like hardcore. Put my like when before phones, it wasn't a thing, you know, but. Like got a phone and like turn it off, yeah, right? And I get it, right? I'm a little more lax now. I enjoy the act of fishing more than like the success of like, oh, I didn't catch. I I don't care if I blank, right? Like my least concern. <laughs> I don't care right. If I don't catch fish, I'll come tomorrow. Or, yeah, you know, like I I'm the guy that says, hey, I have a long life ahead of me. Not like I right. need to get it in now because like yeah. Ahead i don't i'd assume the positive i assume that i'll be alive. so, so uh,
0: i got lake on i'm right i'm wedged in between lake ontario and lake erie okay and i'm 15 minutes boat in water in lake ontario i'm about 45 50 minutes to lake erie all north of us we have what's called like kettle lakes which were like glacier formed okay. lakes great fishing and stuff like that but uh i've from from going there, it's like a three and a half hour drive, so it's a day trip. I'm going, I'm gonna spend some time up there fishing, Lake Ontario, Lake Erie. It's very specific fishing because you're in 200 feet of water, um, so Lake Erie is a little different because it's shallower. But I I started fishing Lake Erie a little bit more in the Niagara River, and it's 50 minutes out there. But what I started doing last year was going out there, 50 minute drive, and I'd be out there for three or four hours. And then I come back. But I do it by myself, which I never really liked doing was fishing by myself because I like the camaraderie of being in a boat, and just shooting the shit and stuff. But going by myself, I was able to learn to slow down because you're by yourself. So I could just get into my head. I could just – and four hours sometimes felt like eight. Like I would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe how much – it's only been four hours and i i was able to learn to slow down and not make it because that four hour trip i could do a lot more than those eight hours with a family right i can jump out four hours if i'm off every friday i can jump out there be back in time to pick up my kid from school if that's the case yes and when i realized that i was like oh i don't have to try to cram an adventure in a day yeah i got next friday i got i'll come back out sunday for an hour or two like I get it, the the two-hour commute there and back. People would be like, oh, that's a l-. It's not really. I'll throw a podcast in, drive out there, launch. There's no rush. And, I just get the boat out there, float around for a little bit.
1: Yeah, and how much, like, the hour is filled with, like, on the way, like, what am I going to do? Look at yeah. the weather. Look at this. What did I do last time? Then you get there and you fish. Then you get an hour home to go over the fishing. Exactly, so, exactly. Yeah, so it's all fishing. Everything right. is part of the, to me. So, you know, that's really cool. And do you, when you go by yourself, you notice that you'll try stuff to see if it works more than try to find success? Way more. That's why I like more. it too. Because like you want to catch fish for the family.
0: That's exactly it. You you feel as the boat driver, because it's funny. If I went on your boat, I, I don't care if we get like, I'm just happy to be out when I it's my boat and I have people on it I feel even though it's not my job I'm not a captain I'm not a charter I feel obligated that I want them to catch fish so I'm gonna try to do the things that I know I can be the most successful on but I I said this to my wife one of the biggest things when I was by myself like I would fish somewhere for 10 minutes and be like you know what, that looks like a good spot I'm gonna just actually just cruise over there and I just pack my stuff and shoot over I might be there for 10 minutes be like oh this place dog shit fly over somewhere else I would never do that if I got you know friends or mm-hmm. my buddy in the boat. I would never do that because I'm like, well, let's wait this out and see if we can be – I know we can be successful here. And that freedom, like I said, it breaks up the day, but it also – like it gives you a new experience mm-hmm. where you can see different chambers. And it it is a different experience. Now, I can tell you I've caught fish by myself, good fish by myself. That's where I'll, I lose the individual fishing a little bit because I love the shared experience of somebody catching a big fish or catching a big fish and somebody else getting to witness that big. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that shared experience is where I suffer fishing by myself because I, that's the camaraderie. I love people catching fish. I love I'll catch no fish. If you're in my boat and you catch all of the fish, I am just as happy Me that too. day as long as I can see that transaction happening. Yeah. I'm a big fan. I, I'll be the best net man you ever had. I way. love being there. I love being possible, there, right? Like exactly, you can't catch them exactly,
1: all. No.
0: exactly. But listen, yeah, I, I can't believe I've had you for this long. So I appreciate it. I don't want to take any more time, but I do want everybody to like. So you got this new ABS line coming out. Where can people get them? Where can people find uh, again this kind of? I have a listenership that goes right across. Mm-hmm. I got people in Sweden that listen to this, okay. so I, I they might not be able to, but. Where can people find your stuff? Where, like, what are all your plugs that we can put out there?
1: So, also, you know, you could Google toxic baits; it's going to come up. Um, I I prefer to sell direct to customer because um, I'm not—I don't have like a hundred thousand baits, and I get to make all the money, right? Um, Absolutely. But I don't want to sell my baits through big corporation that doesn't, you know. Actively participate in the community, or they don't really give a crap. Sure. At the at the top level, I'm not talking about the employees yeah. or anything. Um, yeah, yeah. So I'm not selling them through any of the huge online platforms like Tackle Warehouse, Bass Pro Shop, or anything like that. Um, once I start selling March seventh, next Thursday, I do the official release at uh, the PCS show in Costa Mesa um, on the West Coast, and then we're going to drop the baits that I have in stock the same day online toxicbaits.com. From there, I'll be working with retailers regionally, like, um, up here, I'll have some, they'll have an online presence, coyote tackle, basketball. So if you don't want to just buy a bait, you could go to these retailers and buy hooks and, and things and also order a bait. Uh, right. And then I'll have some in SoCal. I'll, I'm planning on flying to Alabama. I have friends that fish the tour out there. And, um, so if you're, a, if somebody's listening and they know somebody that's a retailer, it's fine. Um, so I plan on selling to mom and pop shop for them, to have them, cool. whether they have online or not, I'll be, and not a ton of them. I want to work right. with shops that work with me, give them a good price um, and keep it in the community. So, like um, and as for now, it might be limited in those mom and pop shops because I mean, the hundred percent truth is I know it's easier, but just, I'm not trying to sell myself short um, and direct to customer is the best way for me to, you know, Make the most money from my work. I mean, just uh, honest to god truth. Uh,
0: no, absolutely.
1: And I enjoy having you know seeing the influx, and I can actually quantify like what baits colors are popular and stuff. So yeah, toxic baits follow all the stuff. You can find them there. I'm going to be in your local retailers by summer. I should be in a ton more. I plan on flying. I'm. I plan on going to these retailers and shaking hands. That's the, like right, right. Hold up. Um, and then you could always find it like any social, right. Or on my website or uncle bing bong on YouTube. You go to my YouTube toxic baits. I have a show called uncle bing bongs can of worms. Um, there's, there's updates on what's going on there. Um, my website has a landing page that says what's new. So anytime you want to know what's going on in toxic, whatever is the updated stuff is right on the site. And um, we have the new OMR old man river. It's the soft bait that's been in use for years and years and, we' are finally bringing that out, and also the i rod sniper swim that I designed for i rod um one hundred and fifty bucks great deal um and we have a new model coming out the 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 corcus which is a two hundred and something dollar model, but full core candle a little fancier and a That's different awesome. blend. unfortunately,
0: we had a little technical issue here where we lost connection with Caesar however I'll just recap that if anything that you want to get from him go Directly to toxicbaits.com where he has all of his links to everything that you need to find as well as following on instagram at toxicbaits suck uh, as well as his instagram at toxicbaits all these links will be attached to this program wherever you're listening to as well as on my instagram which is made to cast uh, as well as hashimoto concepts so Thank you all for listening. Thank you for being a part of this. A big shout out to Caesar for spending some time and and sharing some of his history with us. And for all future episodes, please make sure you're tuning in. Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of it. Stay happy, healthy, and we'll see you on the water.